Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Well, good morning, church. I wanted to break into the services this morning and say hi. And of course, uh, say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers. I'm not sure if we have any great-great-grandmothers uh, in, uh, in attendance this morning, but uh, I trust you have a great day, blessed Mother's Day. I trust your family spoils your rotten today. You deserve to be. We thank you for your influence, moms, and uh, great influence in the Bible. And I'm going to preach a message this morning, in fact, about passing on the faith on Mother's Day morning. And uh, we'll talk about a woman named Zerua. Zerua was a uh, sister to David. Don't hear a whole lot about her, but every time you hear about her, she's uh, spoken of in connection with her sons and the sons of Zerua. And, uh, and so we thank God for the influence of mom. I wanted to say Donna wants to send her regards and, and wish you all a happy Mother's Day. She misses you. And we're both looking forward to seeing you uh, real soon. And so we trust you have a great day. I'm praying for the services uh, this morning, praying for Brother Tyler uh, to just preach a message that would bless your hearts and, uh, and just uh, be glorifying to the Lord. And so uh, have an awesome day, and we'll see you real soon. God bless you, church. Wonderful. That's special, isn't it? And uh, it's great that we can have a pastor, even though he's from Florida, and uh, there in Florida in the office there, appreciate his uh, regards and the kindness of putting together a video like that for us here today. By the way, the gifts that you ladies will receive this, this afternoon as you leave are from them, okay? All the way from Florida. And uh, you'll, you'll get something from them, and that'll be great. But take your Bible, if you would. The reason we're here today is to see what God has from us, or for us, excuse me, um, for us and, and, and from His Word. So 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, would you take your Bible and turn to 1 Samuel? 1 Samuel, if you would please, 1 Samuel, and by turning to 1 Samuel chapter 1, many of you know maybe this passage, and maybe know, obviously it's Mother's Day, and this is a godly mother uh, in the Word of God, there's many godly mothers in the Word of God, some that were godly, some that were ungodly, but this is a godly one, we're thankful for Hannah's life and the Bible character that we'll look at this morning, and trust that you'll follow along with me as I start in verse 19, 1 Samuel 1 verse 19. Read on down through the, that chapter, 1 Samuel 1, 19, and see how the Lord speaks to us this morning from His Word. 1 Samuel 1, 19, And they rose up in the morning early, and worshipped before the Lord, and returned, and came to their house to Ramah, and El Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice in his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she had said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou have weaned him, only the Lord established his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. Notice verse 27 and 28, please. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent 
to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Would you bow with me in prayer, please? Lord God, I thank you that we can open up your word, and every time we open it, it can speak to us. I pray we'll allow it to speak to us today. Lord, may it not fall upon deaf ears, closed hearts. Lord, feet that are not ready to be swift to action. I pray that just the opposite, it would fall upon open ears, open hearts, and feet that are ready to to act accordingly to what you have for us today from your word. I thank you for the word of God. I pray for each lady in this room, she'd be encouraged. Whether a mother or not, I pray that she's encouraged and blessed. I pray that you will continue to do a work in our hearts and our lives. Use this message, I pray. We ask for your help. I need it. In Jesus' name, amen. Mother's Day. Today's emphasis on mothers and even if you aren't a mother, this, this um, maybe is a day that maybe you wanted to be a mother. Or maybe today is a hard day for some. You know, just as much joy as it brings to, to be a mother, there are some that it's a struggle. And this day is not as easy. Some have lost their mother. And their mother has been gained in heaven. You know, a loss on this earth can be a gain in heaven if they knew Christ as their personal Savior. And prayerfully that's the case, but... For all of us, we know our, the decision of Christ and salvation is up to us personally, isn't it? So no matter what has taken place before us or after us, it's up to us to make decision. And that's the greatest decision one can make. I pray if you're a mother here today and you have not made that decision, that's the most important thing you'll do today. No matter what gift, no matter what thing is given to you, that you'll trust in Jesus Christ. He's the greatest gift that you could possibly receive. But happy Mother's Day to you mothers that are here today. Can I encourage you with this, that no matter where you find yourself this morning, a mother or not a mother, or a lady, or, or maybe, maybe not quite to, to womanhood quite yet for that to take place, and God's Word still has something for you today. Can I encourage you with this, that God's Word is a help and can still be a help to all of us here today, men, young men, all of us, here today, and God's Word is amazing. Well, God's Word is amazing. It really is, and I hope you're finding that to be true. You know, you find that when you're in the Word of God, you love God's Word, and you find that you will love God more the more you spend time in His Word. And God and His Word always brings help to those who want it. And if you want it bad enough, we'll open it. And we'll find and see what God has revealed to us through His Word. Because it's still very active, it's still very relevant, it's still very alive, and it's well, and it does well for our heart and our soul to take it all in. And so, 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15 says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child... Thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Don't you want for the young people this morning to come unto wisdom of salvation? But don't you want for yourself, if you've come to salvation already in a younger time in your life, don't you also want for yourself to continue in what you've learned and what you've received and to also not stop? but to continue to learn from God's Word. Mothers, ladies, some of the greatest teachers and influencers the world has. And those of you who have the special privilege of being called mom, you have a such strong impact, an opportunity in your home, in your church, and in your nation. There's an old Spanish proverb that says, an ounce of mother is worth more than a pound of clergy. I knew you would like that. <laughs> That's why I start off with it. <laughs> Many of you here today are the kind of mother that really does more than we could ever imagine. We really don't know what all goes into that, and, and I believe we normally don't give you enough thanks, and, and more is being done by mothers in this world than probably anybody in this world, if we're honest. And so the fact that you're a mother and the fact you gave birth, can I say this as well? Thank you for choosing life. Thank you for choosing life. 
God loves life and He hates the shedding of innocent blood and no matter the reasons people come up with, God loves life. Psalms 127, Lo, children are inheritance of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. You know, what moms go through and the sacrifices they make are immeasurable. You know, mothers have to be the best nose wipers. Other wipers. Tear solvers. Best house cleaners. They clean up all the times of day and night and, and half, half awake, half asleep, and it's expected for you to be the one to clean it all up. And, and you do, and, you, and most of the time it's without complaint. Most of the time. And moms, you do whatever it takes, time and time again, chore after chore, and always, always washing clothes, always washing clothes, always washing dishes, washing everything, anything that needs to be washed, somehow you gain that responsibility. And over again, and over again, you do it, never a break. And mothers, you really are superstars. You really are life action heroes in front of our very eyes, in front of our very faces, each and every day, and you provide support in a variety of ways. And support in every way. One, one minute you're a mother, one minute you're a wife, one minute you're the best friend, one minute you're the doctor, one minute you're the nurse, one minute you're the mentor, one minute you're, you're the clothes picker outer, if that is such a thing. You're, you're the vehicle driver anywhere and everywhere, and you figure out what to cook, you buy what to, is supposed to be cooked and what you think is going to work, and then you go buy it again if you need to. And what everyone's needs are, you, you're, you're the one that's coming up with it, and you multitask really galore, and, and really you're you doing a lot, and the list can go on and on, and somewhere in all that time, you're supposed to find time for yourself. And mo mothers really show love to everyone else first, and they put themselves last more times than not, and that's so true. You know, mothers embody sacrifice and grace and mercy and forgiveness and love and humility and kindness and selflessness, and they work around the clock doing it. And the mothers in this room that, that you take your responsibility seriously, thank you. And thank God for you. And the grandmom that's an influence, and, and the lady that's here today that is an influence to other young people, whether they're your children or not, thank God for you. You know, oftentimes all the mothers do can be overlooked. And things that are overlooked. Can I tell you, there's someone in heaven that has a, a good idea. No matter of fact, he doesn't just have an idea. He knows exactly what you're doing. In Hebrews 6.10 it says, He says, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward His name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Mothers, your labor of love is one day gonna, you're going to receive a reward. And it's a true reward, a reward for every prayer, a reward for every sleepless night, a, a reward for every tear, a reward for every encouraging word, and every expression of love that you've shown. And on that day, flowers, candy, cards, gifts, they're not going to pale in comparison to the honor that can be received from God alone by what you're doing. And God, take notice takes notice, just like he did his own mother, Mary. He, take no, he takes notice. Revelation says, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man, every person, according as his work shall be. And mothers, what you are doing matters, and it matters more than you know. And, and in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And the Bible character today, we find Hannah and her labor, her love, her prayers were not in vain. By the way, yours are not either. By the way, for all of us, any time spent with God is time invested with God and it's never wasted. Never wasted. For all of us, that should go for any of us and all of us. Please notice in chapter 2, verse 11, what takes place with Samuel, Hannah's son. Verse 11 in chapter 2, it says this 
Elkanah went up to Ramatua's house, and the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. Samuel ministering to the Lord. Can I tell you, this didn't just happen. This is not just a want. This is not just a desire. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes proper priorities in place. And obedience, catch this please, obedience to God determines opportunities for God. Did you hear that? Obedience for God determines opportunities with God. And so Hannah's the type lady and the kind of mother that you can say today, that's the kind of mother that I want to be, and that's the kind of lady that I want to be, and that's the type men Christian that I want to be. And so today it's kind of geared more into that kind of mother, that kind of mother. But how did it get to that point? Her child was ministering to the Lord. That kind of mother. You know, today there are no perfect homes, no perfect families, and no perfect situations. You know, the best any of us can do is Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. And so, I'll tell you recently, I was amazed by just a simple Gatorade bottle I picked up. Literally just went to Wawa down the street here, as they, they see me frequent, and got a Gatorade bottle, and on the, on the bottle itself, it said, warning, don't try to drink this drink without taking the top and unscrewing the top off the bottle. <laughs> really, we've got to that point now. You think that would work better? Okay. It can cause a choking hazard. You think so? I don't know. Somebody in some place must have tried that, and they must feel it's necessary to be on that bottle. But can I tell you, Scripture today is sufficient enough for parenting? Can I remind you that it's God's grace that any child turns out for God? And I'm so thankful that God never gives up on anybody. And since God never gives up on anyone, neither should we. And so what did Hannah do right? What did Hannah do right? Her son is ministering to the Lord. He's worshiping the Lord. He's serving God. He's, he's having favor with God and man. He's living for God and lived for God. Would you notice 1 Samuel 3? 1 Samuel 3. Next chapter, 1 Samuel 3, verse 19. There we go, we're getting it. Thank you guys, I appreciate your help. I'm sure it's not working too well for you up there, but I appreciate you trying so hard. 1 Samuel 3, 19. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. You know, Hannah had a desire for her child to serve God, live for God. I, I have to imagine this morning that many of you have that desire for your own children or for young people or that, that they would live for Jesus, and that's why you're here today. And it takes more than just today, and 3 John 1, 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. You know, this didn't just happen that Samuel is now grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. Isn't that, a, isn't that an interesting statement? He let none of his words fall to the ground. In other words, what God wanted matched what God had said for his life. And he was falling through. It didn't just happen, though. It, it had to be gone after. And Hannah deemed some things important in raising her child that now her son is living for God. Abraham Lincoln said this, No one is poor who has a godly mother. Hannah is a great example of what a godly mother can and does look like. By the way, as we dig a little deeper into this passage, the truths of this passage are for every Christian, every believer, and anyone who wants to have an influence for God and live for God and live for Jesus. So no matter where you find yourself today, no matter what situation you find yourself, these truths are still very applicable for our life and our lives. This is my prayer that you would be the kind of mother, kind of grandmother, the kind of Christian that we see here today. Number one, Hannah kept it all together. She kept it together. You know, Hannah had some things going against her. 
So things working against her, but she kept the right priorities. You know this by now, and if you don't, you'll find out in your life as you go that struggles come to all of us in all different types of ways, in all different type, type directions, but they do come. And they come to us. And the Bible mentions the exact struggle that Hannah has. Would you please notice in verse 5 of chapter 1, chapter 1 of verse 5. I'd like you to notice this, please, as well, that it says the Lord. The Lord in this verse, verse 5. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, talking about her husband, for he loved Hannah. But then it says, but the Lord had shut up her womb. There's a struggle here. There's a challenge. She's barren. She wants children. She's not able to have them. There's no way that can be easy. But the Lord had shut up her womb. You know, God gives and He takes. God gives birth. God gives death. And both of those, He has purpose behind all of it. On the top of barrenness of womb, she has a husband that is married to another lady. As if that doesn't become a convoluted issue. By the name of Penina, and Penina could have children. Penina rubs it in Hannah's face, and, and, and she, she can have children, so by all means, she wants to make it difficult on someone who can't. By the way, Penina gave a difficult time and ridiculed her and made some cruel remarks. Notice verse 6. And her adversary. That's the other one. The wife. Also provoked her sore. This is two ladies here involved as wife of, of Okana. And, and so we have some challenges. Rightfully so. Married to two ladies. But more so than that, even in verse 6, And her adversary provoked her sore for to make her fret. Because the Lord had shut up her womb. Notice verse 7, As he did so year by year when she went up into the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, so much so that she weeps. Therefore she weeps and did not even eat. This is not a fasting because of trying to get God's attention at this point yet. This is more of a fasting out of sorrow and out of grief. And out of a challenge and out of a struggle that she wants children But can I say this? It is never okay to tear someone else down. It is never all right to criticize someone else, and none of us ever have any reason to do so. See, just because you're not in pain, Benina, doesn't mean you got to bring pain to Hannah. Just because you have something, or God has allowed you to be able to, to have the fruit of the womb, doesn't, and benefits doesn't mean you should be, not be sensitive to others. Therefore, all things, whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. Matthew seven twelve. This is the law and the prophets. Most likely, Penina had made comments because of jealousy. Notice verse 5, please. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. You don't see that he says he loved Penina. You don't find it. I'm sure he did, but he he definitely did with Hannah. And even in Scripture we see that here, that he loved Hannah so much so he gave a worthy portion. By the way, what you love, you give to. And you give time, and you give talent, you give treasure. Ephesians 4, I remind you, it says, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ has forgiven you. Penina is struggling with jealousy and made a struggle for Hannah. Such a struggle, she's weeping. She does not eat. By the way, get this please, a tongue of praise has no time to criticize. A tongue of praise has no room to complain because it's full of praise. You know what gossip is, don't you? It's hearing something you like, hearing something you like that your flesh loves about someone that you don't like. That's what gossip is. Hearing something you like that you like, your flesh loves about someone you do not like. 
I'm reminded of Job's wife, so-called friends, curse God and die. Moses criticized by his brother and sister, Numbers 12. David criticized by his wife, 2 Samuel 6. Mary criticized by an apostle, John 12. Notice verse 13 and 14 of, of this chapter, Eli's words. Eli's words for Hannah. She, he judges her even so much thinking that she's drunk. Verse 13. Now Hannah, she spake in her, own, in her heart, only her lips moved. It's an unusual sight. Imagine that with me, please. Her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. Notice Hannah's answer. Verse 15, And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Poured out my soul before the Lord. You know what Eli's doing? He's judging something that he thinks. He's misconstrued perception and wasn't reality. She's pouring her soul out to the Lord and it looks kind of strange, so much so it kind of has a tendency to look like she might be so into this pouring out her soul to the Lord that she could be intoxicated. I wonder this morning, is there anyone that would say, man, they pour out their heart so much to God that they kind of look a little different. They look a little like crazy. But they're pouring their heart out to God so desperately, so much, that they're begging God for something. What is it? I don't know. Do you know what you're begging God for? Are you begging God for anything? Because if you want to ask and receive, you've got to ask. You've got to pour out. You know, there's, there's more important that we not have our face in Facebook, but our face in the book. Amen. It's more important that we get our knees kneeled down than running here, there, and everywhere. Because our knees bending down and begging God for something is where it's going to happen. And what's going to come down from God is blessing. And I want to hear someone's heart? Listen to their mouth. The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Throughout all this, though, Hannah keeps it together. Hannah keeps it together. Notice verse 8, please. Back to verse 8. It says, So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk, now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. Chapter 1, verse 8, down through verse 10. I wonder... How did she keep it together? I wonder if she prayed the prayer like David, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. I imagine for Hannah, just like moms in this room today, you know, being a mom is not easy necessarily, but you're constantly making decisions and you have pressures just to keep up with everything. And maybe today you find a heart heavy and you're burdened about someone or something. Maybe you're doing well to just juggle it all. For you, life is not easy. Maybe today you're the worst critic you find is you. Maybe you say, no, I don't need to be a critic of me. I have plenty of other critics. Maybe some of those critics are even your own family. But you know what Hannah did? Hannah kept it together. What did Hannah do? How did she keep it together? How did, how did she go about this? Hannah is the fourth great woman in the Bible who's grieving because she could not have children. Sarah laughed when she was told she would have a child in her old age. Rebecca had Isaac that was praying for her to have kids. Rachel said, give me children or else I die. But Hannah said, well, you don't find it. You just see that she prayed unto the Lord. And then she made a commitment. She promised and she pledged to God, God, if you do, this is what I'll do. She vowed a vow, verse 11, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. You know what you find with Hannah? She's the most prayerful out of all of them. Hannah placed an emphasis on, of her heart to Jesus. What do we find? How did she keep it together? Well, she placed an emphasis on Jesus. 
Can I ask you this morning, how's your emphasis on Jesus? Mom, what kind of emphasis comes from you to Jesus? Do they see Jesus in you, the song says. There's an emphasis that Hannah puts on Jesus in verse 12. Would you notice, please? She doesn't stop. She continues on and says, And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord. As she continued praying. Chapter 2, verse 1 down through verse 10 is a record of one of Hannah's prayers. I have a question for you this morning. What have you stopped praying for? What doesn't matter to you as much anymore? Ah, I prayed enough for that one. I prayed enough for this. D.L. Moody said, Every great movement for God can be traced to a kneeling figure. Prayer should be the open, or excuse me, prayer should be the key to open the door and the day. And, and really, it should be the bolt that shuts the night. And Elizabeth Elliot said this it's a good thing to talk to God before anyone else. Elizabeth Elliot, I think she had a good idea of what that was like. And to talk to God more than anyone else. What's Hannah doing? She's pouring her soul out to the Lord. Have you been there? Have you done that? You find yourself there, so much so that it's almost as if it's groanings. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helped our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for, as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, which my lips have uttered and my mouth have spoken when I was in trouble. Psalm 66. Spurgeon said, The groanings that cannot be uttered are often prayers which cannot be refused. Can I share something very personal with you? The times I've grown, the times that I've found myself in deepest of prayer, if I may. Not that I know what the deepest of prayer looks like, but in my own life, my own personal life, the times that I prayed the hardest was the times that I was without. I, I rushed back in my mind to the time that I lost my dad, and, and heaven gained him, but I lost him on this earth. And boy, I begged God to help me during that time. I, I felt I was without. I remember as we were having children, and of course one, one of the five children we had at the time, we were without a pastor. And, and so I remember literally being in the hospital room thinking, man, it'd be nice to have some congratulations. Man, it'd be nice to have just somebody here in the hospital room just to say, this, man, this is such a beautiful kid. And then the God just almost spoke to me immediately and said, I'm here. That's better than any pastor could be. And God reminded me, who gave me that child? It wasn't some pastor. It was God. But it's the times I was without that I felt the worst, you know, and, and the times that you can get the most selfish when you're without. And so Hannah, she keeps it together. How does she keep it together? She puts an emphasis on Jesus. Prayers to be done more than just the time we're without. You know, strength from God comes from the proportion that we strain with God. You want strength? Go to the gym. But if you get around the weights, you'll get strength. No, you've got to do more than that. You, you want to you have strength? Well, just stand in the gym. I'm serious. Just stand in the gym and just watch everyone else and all the strength they have, and you'll feel weak. You want strength? Put your hands on the weight. Just put your hands on the weight. You'll get strength if you put your hands on the weight. It's foolish. Go to the gym. Foolish just to put my hands on the weight. Think I'm going to have strength. I've got to do some lifting. By the way, you want to have strength? You might want to do some lifting to God. God, here I am. Lord God, whatever you want in my life, I surrender. God, I don't like what's going on right now. I don't understand. God, you just took this person. God, you just, you just did this. God, God, why? 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 You might want to do some lifting. You might want to get some, back to lifting again. And you might want to lift to God, not for the hands raised so everybody can see. And I'm going to get my audience. No, 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 no. The hands raised so God, I, I'm, I'm saying from the top of my fingers all the way to the bottom of my toes, God, please hear my prayer. I believe that's what we find with Hannah. Straining, pouring her heart out to soul and God. You know, then 
God gives strength. And he said, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. How much is the emphasis put on Jesus in your life? Do your children know that you love Jesus more than, I love Jesus? Does the love of Jesus show by how much Jesus is in your life? You know, a family altar would alter many a family. The closest relationships we have, do they know we have a walk with God? Can we ask your kids? Can we ask your grandkids? Can we ask your mom, your dad, young people? Do you have a close relationship with God? Do you, do you care about God? What you care about, you're going to have an emphasis on. And if you emphasize on Jesus, just maybe your kids will turn out for right for God. I don't know. By God's grace, there's no perfect home, and it's not a guarantee, but it's going to be more of a guarantee if you're putting an emphasis on Jesus. I don't know why my kids never come to church. Well, are you at church? Put an emphasis on Jesus. You know, they see just as much what we do as what we don't do. And Evangelist Billy Sunday said, I don't think there are enough devils in hell to take a young person from the arms of a godly praying mother. Abraham Lincoln said, I remember my mother's prayers and they have followed me. They have clung to me all my life. All that I am and hope to be, I owe to my angel mother who prayed for me. Moms, are you claiming Jeremiah 33.3? Claim it. You determined to be that kind of mother today? Not only an emphasis on Jesus, but we find an emphasis on each other. An emphasis on each other. Verse 20, please. Chapter 1. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived, she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. Verse 23, her husband says to her, Do what seemeth thee good. But it's because of verse 11. Because she had given him to the Lord all the days of his life. You know, Samuel came to know the emphasis that his mom and dad had on his life early on. You know, one of the first decisions you make when you have a child or before you have a child is to name that child. And Samuel was named literally Samuel because he was asked of the Lord. You know, you're stuck with the name that you are given by your parents. And believe it or not, here's some names that have been given by parents. Cricket. Play the game and play with your kid. Everybody would be confused. Banjo. Musical instrument. Or it could be your kid's name. Satchel. You can carry around your kid with you. And call your kid Satchel because that's his name, kid. Satchel. Apple, the apple of your eye. Easy name to remember, I guess. Mustard, isn't that great? Get a little mustard next to you, I guess, as you eat your hot dog. Get this, hashtag. If you love social media that much, you have problems big time. <laughs> I just tell you, you have big problems. And here's one, Sunday. So every day feels like a Sunday, and you can enjoy it like every day is a Sunday. That, okay, maybe, maybe if you're stretched there with that. But Hannah, it's a serious name. She gave to her son because she had gotten it. She had, she had gotten, getting it, that's not a word, because she had gotten it, her child from God. She'd been burdened for, for her child, and God had given it to her. You know, the sacrifices you make for your kids, are they for God or for the little gods of this world? Your kids know what your God is. Man, my kids know what my God is. And I don't know that it's always the God. And my God speaks to me and may help me with that. But kids know what is more important based on what you and I emphasize. Boy, J. Edgar Hoover said this, Today's unchurched child is tomorrow's criminal. That's just one area. Do we know where God places emphasis in the Word of God? Do we place emphasis on what God places emphasis on? Do you know what God puts emphasis on? Samuel found out early on a commitment. Why is she doing this? Verse 22. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him. Notice please. 
that he may appear before the Lord. That he may appear before the Lord. You know, our responsibility as parents, the greatest responsibility we have is to prepare our children to meet the Lord. Our kids will stand before God one day. They're going to, will they be able to say, will he be able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Do they know what a good and faithful servant is? Do they have a clue? Verse 26 says, man, Hannah prayed for this child, and the Lord given me my petition, which I asked of him. Verse 28, therefore also I have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives. And he worshiped the Lord there. Something worked out. Something didn't just happen. It took place because Hannah had an emphasis on Jesus. She didn't only keep it together, she also kept her testimony. Lastly, she kept her testimony. She even kept her testimony with her husband. And obviously it wasn't working out very well because married to another lady as well, and not meant to be that way. We find that in in Genesis and pretty early on in the Scripture. But she still had a testimony with him. Matter of fact, she kept a wonderful testimony with her husband. So much so that he says he loved her, he gave her things worthy portion, and he trusted her walk with God and her motherly care. And Hannah's testimony was a testimony of doing that which was good. Notice it says in verse 23, husband says, hey, do what seemeth thee good. He trusted her because she was about doing good. She already had a testimony of doing good. She already came with that testimony. And she was a testimony with praying and seeking God. And so she had asked God for the, for the child, and God gives her more than one child. You find that later on in this book that he gives her even more children. But I want to ask you this morning, are you still praying and saying to God for your child that they are going to be given and lent back to the Lord, you realize they're on loan. You realize they're not, they're not something that, that we deserve, that we are to hoard, that we are to neglect. They're, they're something that God has given us. The fruit of the womb is His reward. And they belong to God as His heritage, as His trust. What is to be done with our kids? Well, Deuteronomy 12 says, Observe and hear all these words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee forever. What do we do? Well, when thou doest that which is good and right in the sight of the Lord thy God. Ma'am, lady, I know it's Mother's Day. But are you following after that which is good and right with your own husband? With your own God? Are you following that which is good? Are you abhorring evil and cleaving to that which is good? Are you letting no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers? Are you known for choosing the greatest good and the the good spirit, the good attitude? Are you going after a good marriage? You know, a good marriage makes a better parent. A good marriage makes uh, your kids want to be married and makes them want to stay married. And, And the greatest gift we can give to our kids is a strong marriage. Ironically, the greatest threat to your marriage is your kids. Believe me, I've got five of them. You know what I'm talking about? No, they're not that way at all. But Hannah chose to sacrifice for the things of God, and so might you, and I need to. Notice verse 11, it says, No razor shall come upon his head. Would you please turn with me back to Numbers? Numbers. Please turn with me back to Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Numbers chapter 6. No razor come upon his head. What does that mean? Numbers chapter 6. What's the reason? Why? What's the purpose? Why? Numbers chapter 6. And the Lord spake unto Moses, verse 1, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite. Why? To separate themselves unto the Lord. Notice what he's going to separate himself from. He shall separate himself from wine and strong drink, and shall drink no vinegar or wine or vinegar of strong drink, neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, nor eat moist grapes or dried. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree, from the kernels even to the husk. Seem extreme? Well, there's a reason. 
All the days of the vow of his separation shall there no razor come upon his head until the days be fulfilled in which he shall be separate himself unto the Lord. He shall be holy and shall let the locks of the hair of his head grow. All the days that he separate himself unto the Lord, he shall come at no dead body. He shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother, for his brother or for his sister when they die. Why? Because the consecration of his God is upon his head. And all the days of his separation, he is holy unto the Lord. You think Hannah, Hannah knows what she's vowing a vow to? And you think Samuel understands what's going on? Separated to God? You think holiness is, is a big picture of this? Oh, it sure is. And it still matters today. Not that we're Nazarite, not that, that all these things, maybe you know, you know, the, the kernels even of the hush, some of these other things definitely apply to our life. Even though we're not in Nazarite, because First Peter says, that, says this, As obedient children, not fasting yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. You know why we need to be holy? Because God is holy. You know why we need to live holy in our life? Because it represents our God. Seek ye first kingdom of God. You think lack of faithfulness in these areas would show? Oh, they sure would. Mom, does your family get your leftovers? I'm not talking about at the table. I'm talking about the food. Places, your refrigerator and pantry and those places that are frequented often. You do well to keep stored, right? I'm talking about do they get your leftovers because well, bringing out the best for, for this, for that, for this, for that. But then God gets Sunday. Or does God get every day? Does God get many times throughout the day? Are you bringing out the best good for your God, your family, your spouse? Or does your family get the leftovers? You know, Hannah's concern for the child. She was, it was better that she be rich in good than rich in goods. And Hannah's husband knew she prayed and asked for Samuel, she was consecrated to God. And ma'am, does your husband know that you're consecrated to his God? Husband, are you consecrated to God? Lastly, this morning, not only did she keep it together, she kept it together through her testimony, she kept it together through emphasis on Jesus, she kept it together with her husband, she had a testimony with her husband, but she also had a testimony of a happy home. Verse 28, it says, back in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 28, it says that he worshiped the Lord there. Chapter 2 of 11, chapter 2 verse 11 says that it was his house. Chapter 2 verse 1 and 2, it says, Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. Proverbs 31 says, Strength and honor are clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. You know why? The home is to be a haven. Is it for your family? Oh, it's so important that there be joy in the home. So important. Psalm 113.9 says, He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Can I just ask you simply this morning, do you have a happy home? Does a husband want to come home? Your kids want to be home? No, get, don't, don't go home. Well, the home's not too, it's unsettled. Home is, is a crazy place. Is it a good crazy? Is it fun? Is it laughter? Is it joyful? Do you have the joy of the Lord being your strength? Because if you have the joy of the Lord being your strength, the joy doesn't run dry. Because the joy is Jesus. Do you have a happy home? I believe this, that fathers are called to lead the home for God, and most of the time, the mothers often guide the spirit of the home. It's a bad spirit. Don't blame it on mom. But happy wife, happy life, 
happy mom, happy kids. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. Your joy might remain in you, your joy may be full. The joy of the Lord being your strength. To have a happy home doesn't mean you have a perfect home. But home should be a place that everyone in your family wants to be. And mom, your spirit has a lot to do with that. Man, I can't wait to get home. I know you can't wait to get home right now. But you know why I love being home? You know what attracted me to my wife years ago was not just her looks, although I think she's drop-dead gorgeous. But you know what attracted me to her was her laughter. Because looks and beauty are supposed to be farther and deeper than skin deep. And so I'm thankful because you know what? I want to be around her. You know what? Her son wants to be around her and her other son wants to be around her and other three daughters want to be around her and we want to be around each other. Do you want to be around each other? Or where can I drop my kids off? Where can I get away from my spouse? Man, I, I need a break. I, I just got to get a break. And we understand that we all need breaks. But to have a happy home doesn't mean you have a perfect home, but you're at least striving for that happiness to be in your home. I ask you today, will you be the kind of mother that keeps it together? Well, if you have an emphasis on Jesus, if you have an emphasis on each other, if your husband, you have a testimony of, of husband, life with husband, it's good. You're going after good. Is your home life, is it happy? Mm, I got to go home. I get to go home. Big difference. Let's pray. Would you pray with me, please? Lord God, I pray that be that kind of Christian today that would be that kind of mother like Hannah showed us in Scripture. We can't have joy without Jesus. can't have an emphasis on Jesus if we haven't taken Jesus. We can't follow good unless we've accepted the best good, God. We can't keep a testimony without a testimony of God in our life. So Lord, I pray that anyone this morning does not know you, they'd come to know you as their personal Savior. And Lord, I pray that we would do business with you even this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.